0: Hi, I'm Father Gregory Pine. And I'm Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. And you're listening to the Catholic Classics Podcast, where we seek to grow our prayer lives by learning from the church's greatest saints and teachers. Spiritual reading can be challenging for many Catholics, so this podcast is here to help. Each season, we'll read through a great work, unpack its timeless wisdom, and encourage you with practical tips for the pursuit of holiness. The Catholic Classics Podcast is brought to you by Ascension. This season, we are reading Ascension's edition of Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. To get your copy of the book and download the reading plan for this season, visit ascensionpress.com slash or text intro to 33777. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app. Well, a big welcome to the season introduction. So this is the first episode episode. I guess we had one previously, but it was more like a commercial. So we're very delighted to have you joining us here. Uh, Today, we'll be sharing a little bit about what we'll be doing on the podcast in general, and then give you a brief overview of this season, which is dedicated to our reading of and commenting on the introduction to the devout life, which uh, is written by St. Francis de Sales. And you're about to learn more things about it, all in nice little bite-sized episodes. So uh, yeah, we're very excited. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, First, let's just talk a little bit about the podcast itself, um, maybe the inspiration for it and what you might hope to come away with it. So each season, uh, and seasons are roughly or loosely defined, uh, so we'll read a book kind of all at once, and you'll see those episodes pop up in your podcast app day by day by day. Uh, this particular season is going to last about 45 days, all right? So you might come to expect something along those lines, maybe maybe shorter in general going forward, uh, maybe a bit longer, but don't worry about that. We'll take that in stride. Um, And we might have one or two or three seasons a year. So it's a type of podcast that's going to go to sleep for a while, but when it wakes up, it's going to wake up with all kinds of enthusiasm. And basically the podcast is meant to help you Catholics navigate the texts that can sometimes be a little bit challenging and intimidating because we're all super desirous of growing in our lives of faith, specifically of growing in our lives of prayer. And we have the sense or the notion that yes, spiritual classics are going to help us, but we don't always know how to approach them without growing weary or without growing distracted or without just despairing altogether. So, um, Father Jacob Bertrand, here we are just kind of uh, getting into the thick of it, getting into this Catholic Classics prog- uh, project. I was about to say podcast, but I said project and it came out podcast. <laughs> Woo. Okay. You heard it here first and last, hopefully. Um, so, okay. Thinking about this, this podcast project, what are some things that we want to uh, just pick out for our listeners as the types of, uh, you know, uh, takeaways that they can come to expect?
1: Yeah. I think Two things to start. Um, one is that we hope that our listeners, at least by starting this podcast project—see, those are two words. You see how that works? Uh, by starting this project together, we can tap into the wealth and the wisdom um, that the church, it, through her saints, uh, has on offer. I think, as you know, as time goes, as kind of cultures change, as our sort of practice of faith. You know change is not in necessarily bad ways, but sometimes we lose sight of some of these great, yeah treasures of of um, spiritual wisdom, spiritual insight, spiritual guidance. So the whole point of what we're doing here is uh, to try to reintroduce that into sort of popular devotion. So that's step one, to take in a sense, we could say like take advantage of what is there to help grow in the spiritual life. Um, the second thing, And and perhaps, and certainly more importantly, is that through this book, through Introduction to the Devout Life and the Catholic Classics Project as a whole, um, to grow closer to Christ. So that's that's the fundamental reason for doing this, that we might better or more readily offer ourselves to Christ and grow closer to him, to come to know him and to love him better. So that's the whole point. That's like, if what are you going to take away? That's what we're hoping to take away. Now, that's general and sort of meta and like, great. But I think it's important to reiterate that, uh, stated at the beginning, reiterate it throughout as we as we go together. I guess looking at, um, at this particular book, Introduction to the Devout Life, for this first season, I think the title is a giveaway, right? The title kind of gives away what we're going to do. We want to, with the help of St. Francis of Sales, look at how we might live more devoutly in our own lives, from generalities to particularities. So I, of course, as the episodes come, we'll talk about those more specifically, but that's a good like forty thousand foot expectation view
0: nice yeah so i would say if you're looking for an adjective to describe the podcast you know maybe if you're into catholic podcasts there are some that are more apologetic some that are more catechetical some that are more academic this one would be more spiritual so the real hope is that uh we would facilitate an encounter between you and the lord And we're going to make an introduction to a new friend who's very good at facilitating just such encounters in each different season. So it might be you know, St. Francis de Sales in this season. As we look down the way, it might be St. Augustine. It might be somebody more contemporary, somebody more ancient, but always making the effort to translate their insights so that way they can bring you into more intimate and sublime union with our Lord Jesus Christ. So, by and large, we're going to be reading books written by saints and doctors of the church. You might have the occasional non-saint in there, but it's going to be, you know, approved Catholic teaching. Also, before moving on to the particular work itself, you may have noticed in your edition, uh, the Ascension edition of Introduction to the Devout Life, that the Catholic Classic series is branded with a little peacock. Uh, and that there is deliberate, intentional. It's not a reference to Flannery O'Connor, although she's great. Uh, it's actually an ancient Christian symbol of eternal life and of the resurrection that reflects the, like, the perennial nature of these classics. So it's meant to evoke the great wisdom contained therein. So you can look for the peacock and know that it's part of the Catholic Classics series. So then turning to the particular text at hand, let's say a word then about Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. Father Jacob Bertrand, uh, you wrote a beautiful introduction to the work. Maybe you can just give us a couple of notes about who St. Francis de Sales was, what this work is intended to do, you know, the time, the place. The setting um, is setting different than place. Great question, Father Gregory. The circumstances. All right, so maybe just lead us into the work, and then we can go from there.
1: Yeah. So Saint Francis de Sales was obviously a Catholic priest and bishop after uh, who who lived in the wake of the Protestant Reformation. So he lived at a time when the like Europe and the Church was in a great state of upheaval and one of the things that the church did in response to the reformation um this sort of yeah the protestant reformation is what's come to be known as the counter-reformation so just responding to the reformation and the big sort of endeavor of the church there was uh, at the time is called the council of trent so we can think of how the church has a number throughout the centuries has had a great host of councils we can think of the second vatican council we can think of others but the council of trent was the the church's response to clarify catholic doctrine catholic teaching to um, set forth in the wake of the the confusion and turmoil okay this is what the church believes about all the doctrinal statements and those and and the spiritual statements and that sort of thing Uh, saint francis found himself in the midst of all this upheaval as the bishop of geneva which was a pretty calvinist protestant city and um, he took on a lot of, obviously, as bishop, pastoral responsibility. But one of the things that he did um, as bishop in this pastoral responsibility was to put forth to his faithful and to those who were falling away from the church clarity with respect to doctrinal teaching of the church, but also clarity with respect to spiritual teaching of how to pursue Christ, how to pray well, how to love our Lord well. Um, and this is this is a hallmark, I think, um, that we'll see as we read together uh, this book. This is a hallmark of, of St. Francis, his direct practical kind of clarity about our Catholic lives and especially about the, the spiritual life or the devout life. So for St. Francis de Sales, Jesus um, you know he's not someone removed he's not someone distant and he's also like having a a, what a close intimate relationship with Christ is not reserved for a sort of spiritual elite or just religious or priests but is on offer for all of us in virtue of our baptism Uh, he believed that union with Christ is is the foundation the end of the christian life so this book introduction to the devout life is written for um i don't not in a pejorative way but in a in a sort of great way regular catholics people who are living in the world who want to grow closer to christ so uh you know what they say when you assume but i assume that a lot of our listeners are going to find themselves in that category you know married people single people living in the world who want to grow closer to christ um so that's what this book is about, what we have to look forward to. I don't know Father Greg, if you want to say a few words about the, the book is addressed to a particular person, Philothea. So you'll hear her name throughout, but um, maybe say a few words just to situate the book in particular. So there's some historical setting, but what about the reading?
0: Yeah. So um, it's kind of delivered like an extended series of spiritual conferences, like short spiritual conferences. Some of them might be, you know, a minute or two or three to read. Some of them might be 10 to 15 minutes to read. But you might imagine this as having St. Francis de Sales for your spiritual director. And in fact, that's kind of like the arrangement out of which the the book itself was kind of uh, come up with or invented. Um, there's certainly a better word for that, but I'm not finding it right now. So, uh, he addressed the book to the Madame de Charmoisie, uh, who was the wife of an ambassador. Um, and he was actually, or she was, uh, St. Francis de Sales's cousin by marriage. So, you know, he has a friendship with her, but he also has a great care for, a great concern for her spiritual good. And he's expressing that in a way, you know, directed to her, but also in a way that can be broken open to all Christians. So he doesn't just say, you know, this is for you in particular uh, and no one else, but he addresses it, like you said, to Philothea, which just means lover of God. And he's often like making commentary about the life of the soul uh, in those terms, like the life of the soul as, as lover of God. So yeah, St. Francis certainly was troubled by many things that he saw in the church, but he was also profoundly hopeful for while, you know, he he couldn't even come into possession of his diocese because he had been ejected by Calvinists. Uh, yet he knew, you know, that, that the victory in the end was the Lord's and that he operates with a real spirit of confidence in light of that fact. Um, so, yeah, so the book is broken into five different parts through which we are going to walk over the course of the next several weeks. And the first part is, you know mostly about prayer the second part is mostly about sacraments the third part is mostly about virtues the fourth part is mostly about temptations Uh, And then the fifth part is mostly about like renewing our intention to live a devout life. So Father Jacob Bertrand, I don't know if you have particular things at each point that you want to highlight or particular sections that merit more of our
1: consideration or concern. Um, Yeah, sure. I think when St. Francis sets out writing the book, one of the things that he that he mentions uh, right from the outset is that um, he acknowledges that often we have desires for for living the christian life for being closer to christ for learning how to pray but those desires often we often have trouble putting those desires into action or um living those out i i think the the sort of classic example that we can use here is like thinking about lent you know we we often enter lent with these desires and intentions of doing penance well and praying a bit more and giving up this or that but uh, i think it's a pretty common experience at least it's my experience that as the weeks and the days of lent go by we become less zealous and less attentive to those and eventually they fade so that's something that saint francis uh wants to avoid one he wants to help us put those desires to be closer to Christ into practice so that we can pursue that, but also in such a way that is sustainable. I don't know, that might sound a little new agey or you know, to have a sustainable spirituality. That's kind of ridiculous to think about, but I think at least helps illustrate the point. So he does so in an ordered way. So in in the first part of the book, as Father Gregory just mentioned, we talk a lot about prayer and sort of he gives us meditations to walk through. We can call this the sort of Salesian method of meditation, Salesian just from his last name, or de- Sales, you know, that's, that's just how, you know, the, the adjective form of his last name. And in that there, there are two things that we'll talk about and that we'll read about, um, that shouldn't shouldn't turn you away from continuing or even starting. But those are the ideas of purification and mortification. Um, Classically, uh, you know, getting rid of the stuff in our lives that blocks us from moving closer to Christ or being moved closer to Christ. So, well, you know, when we get to those chapters, we're going to talk about that and how to approach that well and how to incorporate that in a realistic way into our lives such that we might, you know, move further from our temptations, from our vices and from our sins and be more prepared to build the habit. Habits of prayer and meditation and devotion. Um, I'll just say something about the second part too, um, because each part of the book builds on what's come before, obviously. Uh, and the second part, he gives us two tools, that of mental prayer or meditation and, and the sacraments uh, of how to live the sacramental life well. So if we think that, okay, let's clear out what's in the way, that's done through our prayer and through our Reception of the sacraments and and we'll talk about the relationship between those prayer mortification sacraments the whole kind of nexus um, but how, how we ought to prioritize those things in our lives so as to pursue God. And the fourth and or sorry, the third and fourth sections in my mind, as we and and as we read them, really sit together, um, because we talk about really virtues, living the life of the virtues, and then the temptations or those things that might get in the way there. So I see those as as sitting together. And the third part is is our longest part of how to live the virtues, how to pursue the virtues. All of it. This is the last thing that I'll say, at least for now. All of it is. Is, is aimed at building the habits of the devout life, right? Think about doing anything in our life well. We have to build the habits of doing it. If you think about an athlete or a musician or whatever, we we start small, we become acclimated, we build the habits of doing X, Y, or Z, and then we can flourish in it. We can do well in it. So too for the spiritual life. And that's kind of how St. Francis is going to lead us through these parts. And then part five, to, to be resolute, to stick with it really, to carry it on as time goes.
0: So. This is widely acknowledged as a spiritual classic, and it's one that many people have found helpful for laying the foundation of a life of prayer, a fruitful sacramental reception, of growth and virtue, and of perseverance in those practices. Um, So certainly it's it's decidedly the case that God has worked through St. Francis de Sales to enrich his church. And our hope is that basically we stand in the breach. So some of St. Francis de Sales' Descriptions might be a little foreign to our sensibilities. Some of his encouragements might seem... A little bit strange so we're basically here to do the work of translation that's kind of how we envision our work uh insofar as we magnify it or transpose it in the act of preaching in our conversation um so god is working through saint francis and we're we're hoping that you know god will work through saint francis through us so like a kind of chain of instruments or something along those lines uh so to that end uh we thought we'd just take a moment to introduce ourselves so my name is father gregory pine I grew up outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, and I I was raised in a devout Catholic family. So my mother and father were to us, uh, yeah, great models of the life of prayer, and they did it in very different ways. Uh, And that for us was, yeah, kind of witness or testimony that we could live our Christian lives in distinct or in unique fashion. And so I went to public school all through Uh, you know, grade school and high school. And then I went to the Franciscan University of Steubenville because uh, let's see, my parents had a little Catholic bookshop in our town and they were getting books from these authors at Franciscan University of Steubenville and they were really impressed. So they encouraged my oldest sister to go. She did. Then my next sister went, then I went. And then eventually my younger brother did too. So all four of us kids went. Uh, While I was there, there was this culture, you know, that encouraged us to think about our vocations with a kind of intensity. And so I did. And uh, I went to a lecture about St. Thomas Aquinas, specifically St. Thomas Aquinas on the nature of love, and I was just blown away. I just thought it was so interesting. Uh, but I also, like, I was just surprised by how pertinent the thoughts of a 13th century man were to my 21st century life. And so I picked up a book about St. Thomas Aquinas, a really charming book uh, by Louis de Waal from the middle of the 20th century called The Quiet Light. Before reading it, I was like, hey, let's get married. It'll be great. Afterwards, not to St. Thomas, just to someone in general. Uh, Pardon me. Uh, At the end of it, I was like, hey, let's become a Dominican priest because this guy is incredible. So specifically, the way that he loved the Lord very much resonated with me and I recognized in him certain desires of my own life that had never really made sense to me or had never really come together in a coherent fashion. And, but his, his witness, uh, moved me, inspired me. And so it led me to inquire to the order. And I joined the order with Father Jacob Bertrand in 2010. I was ordained a priest in 2016. Since then, I've been assigned first to finish a degree, then to work at St. Louis Bertrand Parish in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, and then to work for two years at the Thomistic Institute. And since then, I've been working on a doctoral degree at the University of Freiburg in Switzerland. So Father Jacob Bertrand and I contribute to a project, a podcast called God's Planning Together, which you'll hear about in a couple of these upcoming episodes just by way of send off. And then I continue to work with a couple of other things kind of on the side. But my principal work is to write a book. And uh, at the time of recording, I'm almost done. Hopefully, by the time you listen to that, I'll be closer still.
1: Um so yeah, I think that's the the main things. Father Jacob Bertrand. Great. Uh, yeah. So my name is Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. Um, I grew up in Connecticut. Um, I'm the oldest of of three. I grew up in a Catholic home, but perhaps a bit more nominally so, uh, public school as well, religious education, CCD, those sort of things. Um, my brother and my parents and my brother and his family still live in Connecticut. And I have a our little sister. She's she's grown up. She's not little, but she lives in, in New York with her family. Um, I went to, as I mentioned, Public school growing up. And then I went to Marist College in uh, Poughkeepsie, New York. Um, I went there obviously for school and I was also a runner. So I ran for Marist. And it was sort of at the influence of some friends at school um, and some teammates that I began to, I guess, go to mass more regularly, attending daily mass every now and then and um, beginning to take the faith a bit more seriously. And it was through that, through just being around our Lord a bit more, that I think the idea of priesthood was first put on my heart, and it was something that stayed. It stuck around. So, uh, at the advice of our chaplain on campus, I, and with his help, started to pray a bit, frequent the sacraments a bit more, and that idea of priesthood never left. So, um, he, though a diocesan priest, uh, grew up with a Dominican of um, of our province. And that was my introduction to the Dominican order, um, because I was more interested in, in some of the form of religious life, living in community, prayer, those sort of things. So I met the order. I visited the, the Dominican House of Studies in Washington, D.C. while in college. And then, as Father Gregory said, entered the novitiate in, in the summer of 2010. I was ordained a priest in 2017, um, and then f- my assignment since then for a year I was the assistant chaplain at Aquinas House uh, in Hanover, New Hampshire, which is the Catholic campus ministry at Dartmouth College. So I did that for a year, and then in the summer of 18, I was assigned to be our province's uh, director of vocations. Um, so I did that for four years back in Washington, D.C., and then uh, this past summer I received a new assignment uh, back to Hanover new hampshire instead of the campus ministry side of things we also run the parish in hanover saint dennis so i was assigned to be our pastor here uh, in saint dennis so yeah at recording i'm a new pastor uh, i'll probably be a new pastor for a long time new was probably going to be descriptive of my pastorate probably the whole time um, but just took over july 1st 2020. Uh, 22 here at St. Dennis, but back in Hanover. Um, like Father Gregory said, we both work on a podcast and project called Godsplaining in addition uh, to this series. So um, it's good to, yeah, it's good to be here in a different format and and I guess preach the gospel here too, so.
0: Yeah, and for a lot of our listeners, I imagine that you listen to other Ascension Presents podcasts, uh, most of which would just be one person uh, talking about some aspect of the faith and occasionally you'll have guests. There are the, uh, Ascension presents podcasts with two presenters. So I'm thinking of like every knee shall bow with Dave Van Vickle and Gomer. Um, but yeah, we thought that to do this as a conversation would actually make it better, uh, not just in itself, but make it better for you specifically, because I think there's a difference between, you know, like hearing something and then hearing something kind of sussed out. So. You know there are there are podcasts where speakers are especially good at describing to you their thought process, but I think with conversation you get a particular entree into that thought process as it's worked out in a community or as it was worked out in, in a friendship. So you know Father Jacob Bercher and I we joined the Dominican Order together, and uh, in the Dominican Order we we strive to live a life that is intensely communal because of the conviction that um, you know God who is a communion of persons uh, draws us to himself through a communion of persons. So we insist upon our common life as something sanctifying. Um, And it's like our study is conducted in common to a certain degree or extent. Our prayer is conducted in common. Our religious observances are conducted in common. Our preaching is conducted in common uh, because we have this, um, yeah, this deep conviction that, uh, that it matters to do it together. So in, in in listening to the podcast, you'll get a little taste for our common life. I don't know if there's anything else about that, Father Jacob
1: Bertrand, that you want to highlight. I think just um, even our reading of this work together is important. Reading the writings of the saints together is important, not just that you and I are reading it together, but that we as as the faithful come to a deeper knowledge and love of God together. We're made for that. We're part of, you know, the church. We're part of the body of Christ. So yeah, I, I hope that um, as as you were explaining, sort of our form of life, our and our, our communal form of life comes to bear on our sort of conversations and discussions. Um, and that, you know, it's it's sort of also, even though you're listening over a podcast and an invitation for you to partake in that in, in some form.
0: All right. So with that, we're coming then to the end of this pre-launch episode. Um, Just maybe a few more notes on the edition of Introduction to the Devout Life published by Ascension. Uh, So it's a full translation of Introduction to the Devout Life. It's not abbreviated, uh, which I guess would be normal. Most books aren't abbreviated, provided they're not too terribly long. It's only like Les Miserables and the occasional long Russian novel that you need to check for. Um, And the translation is done by Dr. Matthew Minard. Uh, who works outside of Pittsburgh as a professor at a seminary, but who does quite a few translations, uh, excellent translations. And the idea here is that it would be uh, translated and edited so as to be more easily comprehensible. All right. So the idea is that the vocabulary and the syntax is accessible to you, the reader, uh, without losing any of the original meaning or richness of St. Francis's insights. And then... Father Jacob Bertrand and I wrote introductions to the whole work overall and then to each of its five parts. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else about this particular edition that you'd want to highlight, Father Jacob Bertrand.
1: No, I think like like the original edition, um, the the content hasn't been changed, but as Father Gregory said, um, sort of updated to, to make it Readily accessible, and I think hopefully our commentary will help. So the book still covers everything for a devout life, including the virtues, the sacraments, prayer, just as Saint Francis wrote it. And as as I've said, it's specifically written in itself, and also this uh, updated translation and our introductions and our conversations. It's specifically for lay members of the church to help you grow in holiness um, in your particular state of life. You know, especially. F- for us as religious we have the sort of privilege of time to spend more time in prayer to spend you know those kind of things and um saint francis's intention our intention to help you all without that same sort of luxury of time still to grow closer to christ
0: boom and the book is a sweet leather-like hardcover book and it's got a ribbon so if you're anything like me you love a book with a ribbon Because then, when you pick the book up again, you will remember where you were and what you were thinking the last time you read it. And that might be an occasion of encouragement or it might be an occasion of discouragement, but regardless of which, it will be a confrontation with the truth. (laughs) I recently picked up a Bible. Well, I won't say how many Bibles I own, but I recently picked up a Bible and I realized that I hadn't opened this one in some time. And that was embarrassing for me. But it was a good embarrassment, a deep burning embarrassment. Um, so as you will hear at the beginning and end of each episode, you can find information about the book. You can download the reading plan at ascensionpress.com slash Classics, or you can text intro to 33777. And then if you're interested also in hearing other conversations about other Catholic themes uh, between Father Jacob Bertrand and myself and three of our confreres, you can check out God's Planning on any podcast app on YouTube or at Godsplanning.org. Uh, So yeah, thanks so much for joining. Look forward to working our way through this season together. Know of our prayers for you. Please pray for us and we'll catch you next time on Catholic Classics.